Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Friends, I am so excited to be back for season 18 of the Girls' Night Podcast. I'm even more excited because our first guest is my new friend, Madison Pruitt-Trout. Now, I'm guessing that a lot of you are familiar with Maddie after her debut on the reality TV show, The Bachelor, but along with being a TV personality, Maddie is also an author, a speaker, and she has an incredible social media presence. Her life mission is to share the name of Jesus and to help women discover who they were made to be and where to find the truest form of love. Maddie has a brand new book out and it's called The Love Everybody Wants. And in it, she's talking about so many important things like how to stop settling for less than you deserve, how to see yourself the way that God sees you, how to find a partner who's going to compliment you, not complete you, and so much more. And that's what today's episode's all about. One of my very favorite things that she talks about are strategies to combat the lies we so often tell ourselves during waiting seasons. Lies like, I'm just hard to love or I'm never gonna be enough. You guys are going to love this episode and you're gonna love Maddie and I cannot wait for you to hear this. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. 
And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done, and that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Guys, I am so excited for who you get to meet today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Madison Pruitt-Trout. And uh, Maddie, I'm just so happy to get to... Well, we're really having coffee right now. We're not in the same room, but we're having coffee. <laughs> I know. So it feels like we're it. together. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, thanks so much for coming to Girls' Night. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I really do feel like we're having a Girls' Night, although it's bright outside and daytime. But it feels uh-huh. like we're together hanging out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm so glad that everyone can be here um, like with us. One of my exactly. favorite things that people say about, I think podcasts in general, but I hear it a lot about my show is that it's like, you're so involved in the conversation that you start answering out loud and like <laughs> yeah. like joining in like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. And you go, oh, no one can hear me. Okay. Right. Okay. Exactly. You're like, oh, yeah. now if someone just saw me do that, I look crazy and it's fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but that's how you know you're doing something right as a podcast when yep. people are talking back to you. Like that's what we want. Absolutely. So for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, which I feel like is probably not very many, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. 
Fun fact. Okay. So I am Madison Pruitt Trout. I just added that trout to my last name, got married nine months ago um, to Grant Trout. And so it's so weird. I'm still not used. I, I'm so used to saying Madison Pruitt. I'm like, oh, Madison Pruitt Trout. Um, so we've been married for nine months, live in Waco, Texas. He works as a young adults pastor here in Waco. And I am, I kind of do a little bit of everything. I like to write. Um, I have some books out. Um, I speak and kind of travel all over for speaking and then do some social media, uh, different collaborations and things like that. So a little bit of everything. I went on um, ABC's The Bachelor and that is how uh, many people kind of know me and are familiar with my face um, and just my faith. And so that has been quite the experience and we're still healing from that one, but here we are. <laughs> um, here we are. And I'm so excited to be uh, now releasing my new book, The Love Everybody Wants, um, which I'm super passionate about and excited about. Um, fun fact about me actually is that I was on reality or I was on TV before I was on The Bachelor. Um, for The Price is Right. <laughs> I went on The Price is Right and I won $8,000. And so that was my first TV debut and I'm pretty proud of it. That's amazing. I think a lot of people don't know that. So I like no, to always share that one. $8,000. That is amazing. That's amazing. Is Price is Right... I'm, oh man, I'm going to like make half of everybody mad. Is Price is Right the one where you go wearing like a costume? Uh, no, I don't that's... think so. <laughs> I'm no, like, I didn't it. wear a costume. No, I don't think so. It's the one where like they call you up and it's like you guess the price of the item. And yeah. in my case, I was like, I don't remember. I think it was like seven fifty or something like that. I was like seven fifty, and the price was seven ninety nine, and I was the closest to it. And they were like, Madison, come on up. And then there's like different games that you have to do. Um, so I did pretty good on the game. I didn't win all of it. I stopped at the $8,000 and could have won 16000 But I was like, mm, I'm going to secure the bag and take the 8000 and not risk it. Totally. So. That's always... Anytime I'm watching anything like that, I'm like, take the money. Yeah, run, take the take money the and go. Like, do, <laughs> yeah, take it, take it. Don't push it. Um, okay, I love that. I love that. I'm gonna have to look up what the one is where people wear costumes. Is it like supermarket sweep? Anyway, yeah, you anyway. have to tell me about that one. <laughs> I, know, I swear people wear costumes. Okay, I'm making things up. Um, okay, I want to hear. Um, I really want to hear about your book. Um, I guess let's start there. Tell me about the book. Tell me what it's about. What inspired it? Um, and really, I I want to hear more of your dating story. Tell me about the book. Like, how did this come about? What inspired it? Give me, give me the rundown. Yeah. So I started writing The Love Everybody Wants in a season of singleness. Um, I actually started writing it a while ago, a long time before I even met Grant, knew about Grant, and truly was writing it from a place of like encouraging myself. <laughs> I was not finding contentment in that season of singleness and just really wrestling with thoughts and doubts like, is there something wrong with me? Am, am, I, am I hard to love? Um, why does it seem like it's happening for everyone else and not me? Am I not enough? You know, really just struggling with those doubts and those thoughts. And, and then I had just this like revelation one day as I was just like reading the word and spending time in my quiet time one morning. Nothing crazy had happened. I was just reading the word and 
um, I remember I just felt like God was was laying on my heart, like Maddie, you've been desiring and looking for the right thing just in all the wrong places. Like you've been taking that desire for a supernatural lasting love to humanity and to people. And only I can give you that. And it was just that moment where I was like, wow, so simple, but that just changed everything. <laughs> like that literally just changed everything for me, Lord, because I've been trying to find uh, just security and happiness and wholeness in a relationship status and in finding a boyfriend or in finding a spouse. And that just totally rewired my thinking and, and just getting back to that place where I realized, okay, Lord, you are the only one that can satisfy. You are the only one that can complete me. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you as that foundation. And then all other relationships, all other things can build off of that foundation. And so once that foundation with the Lord became my highest priority and strong and healthy, all the other relationships in my life naturally became healthier and stronger because it was just coming up from that foundation. And so that's kind of how it, it started, really just from a very vulnerable, heartfelt uh, cry in my own season of singleness. And then what was interesting is about halfway through writing the manuscript was when I, I met Grant and we started dating. And I think it's just so cool because I, I think it was just God's grace and kindness to truly let me write a book on relationships and go through every stage in a relationship from singleness to dating, to engaged, to married, and all the in-betweens of evaluating and uh, you know, lonely nights and tears and waiting seasons and heartbreak and rejection and all the things in between and just really getting to feel that firsthand and write from that experience. And so I'm writing a chapter on singleness while I'm struggling in singleness. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, I think when I was in singleness, wanted to hear from someone that I felt like could really understand and get me and not a 45-year-old man who had been married for 25 years. And some of those yeah. books like truly transformed my life. Like there are a couple of books um, from some, you know, some pastors who like really encouraged me, but I wanted like a young girl to be like, Hey, I get it. I get you. I'm with you. And so that was really, uh, you know, something that I just am, am so thankful that the Lord allowed me to kind of walk through all of those, all of those steps. But the love everybody wants is, uh, definitely not a book on how to get a boyfriend and how to, to find your happily ever after. Uh, but it's rather rather to show you how to look to God, how to see yourself and find that deep love that, you know, our culture and, uh, you know, media tries to spin and tell us that we can find it in all these other things, but really getting to the real truth of like, it can only be found in Christ. And so finding the love everybody wants isn't nearly as complicated as we've made it. It's actually pretty simple. And it says in Matthew 22, 35 through 39, the two greatest commandments that Jesus gives us is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. And so I really walk through those three relationships and how our relationship with Jesus is the most important. It's the foundation. And then from that place, you're able to build a strong relationship with yourself and learn how to value yourself, be confident in who you are in Christ, um, know your identity, know your worth and value in Christ. And then from that place, have healthy relationships and strong relationships with other people. And so we tackle all the things. We talk, you know, on faith and and finding that relationship with, with the Lord and redefining true love, getting back to that place of taking your longings to the Lord. And then from there, also talking about, you know, identity and self-worth and confidence, knowing your value, setting high standards, knowing what you deserve, and then also tackling, you know, a lot of the 
a lot of the heartbreaks, rejections, um, singleness, waiting seasons, and then even to what do you look for in a relationship and um, in a spouse. And so, yeah, that that was really my heart posture is I wanted people to know, hey, you were made from love, by love, and for love. But at the same time, like it takes it takes some work to get those loves in order because a lot of times we can get our loves out of order and try to take what we were meant for to other people or to other things um, when ultimately it can only be found in God. I love that so much. I the women who are listening are like, yeah, like yes, like we've we've been talking <laughs> about this for so. This is so we are cut from the same cloth. I love this so much. Yes, and amen to all of that. Tell me a little bit more about your dating story. Yeah, so Grant and I actually got set up on a blind date, which it's funny. So I, when I was talking about that season of singleness where I was struggling with contentment, when I had that moment with the Lord and I really felt just that conviction of, man, I'm so sorry, Lord. I have been... I have been placing other idols on the throne of my heart. Like I have been caring more about finding a spouse and finding a person to do life with than pursuing you. And it was that moment of change for me to really put Jesus back on the throne of my heart and make him the king of my heart. That all of that began to change. And then from that place, I really started loving my season of singleness. Like I I was thriving. And so I uh, found just like godly community and was just finding so much contentment in the season that God had me in. And uh, that's when I, I was also finishing kind of like this book. And then I met Grant. And I remember I was like, Lord, this is not the timing that I, I would have expected. Like now I'm, I'm thriving in my season of singleness. I don't even know if I want to be in a relationship. I feel like that's always how it works. And uh, so I met him and was just kind of, you know, in a season where I wasn't really looking for anything at all and got set up on a blind date. And so we got set up on a blind date, mutual friend. And literally just the very first date we went on, I just knew there was something so different about him and so special and just the way that he talked about the Lord and what the Lord had done for his life. And I could see his passion for Jesus. I could see his love for people, the way he interacted with the waiter, the way he just talked about his friends and family and interacted with people we'd pass by. And I just was really, really amazed. Um, and just even his confidence in who he was in Christ. And so those things just really captivated me early on. I remember I called my mom right after and I was like, I just met my husband. I like knew from day one, I was like, this man, I'm going to marry him. Um, which is funny because it's so not how I had dated previously. I feel like previously my dating was kind of filled with more uh, justification, excuses, l- overlooking red flags, you know, would have a lack of peace. And I'd be like, oh, it's fine. It'll get, it'll get better. He has potential. And I just would kind of, you know, not pay attention to the things that I should be paying attention to. And, um, and I learned a lot through all of that. But with Grant, it was the first time that I had such peace from the very beginning. And I just felt God's presence in it. And I just knew God was for it. I just knew it was of God. And everything I had prayed for, everything I had waited for, everything that I knew I needed in a man and in a relationship, I saw at the very beginning like this this man has. And I think that the the most important part of all of that was neither of us were looking for each other. And both of us were so wholeheartedly seeking after Jesus. And so even, even coming together, it was like, 
oh, you're you're not in any way here to like complete me. You know, I'm not in any way here to make you more whole. We are brought into each other's lives to add value and to complement one another and to push each other closer to Jesus. But at the end of the day, like I know who I am in Christ and Jesus alone completes me and satisfies me. And we were both able to come from that place, which was just so healthy. And our relationship was able to just start on such a strong foundation um, with clear vision. And we knew exactly who we were and where we were going. And because of that, like it was, it was such a, it was not an easy dating experience. I don't think any relationship that's worth it is easy, but it was, man, it was, God was so in it from the beginning. Love that so much. I love that so much. Um, You know, I know that you have learned so much in your life about this like about singleness and about this waiting season, what it, you know, what can feel like a really, really long time of waiting. What are some of the things that you kind of some of the hangups that you see other people getting caught on or like yeah. some of the things that you're like, you, if you could tell everyone, including yourself, who's in this season, something like, yeah, what, what would it be? Man, um, I I truly think that from at least from my perspective and for me, like the biggest thing I struggled with was just the wrong perspective. Like I think I saw singleness as a season of less than, and I saw marriage as more of like this ultimate goal, and and singleness was more of just this thing that I wanted to pass through, but marriage was like the destination. Mm-hmm. And I think I just had this wrong perspective. Um, and and when I read through First Corinthians chapter seven, like Paul puts it so clearly, the gift of singleness. Like we hear that phrase, gift of singleness, and I don't know about for the listeners, but I know for me, when I heard that phrase, I like cringed. I was like, stop. Singleness is not a gift. I don't want singleness. I want marriage. And when like, people does would, it come with a gift receipt? Yeah, no, literally. I'm trying to give it yeah. back. I'm trying to exchange it. Like, thank you, Lord, but no, thank you. And that's, I mean, that's how I felt, you know, when I was in my season of singleness uh, for a lot of it and just like struggling with, I don't want to be here. But I think it, it took that perspective shift of, you know, realizing singleness actually is truly a gift. And Paul talks about it in that chapter in First Corinthians, talking about how singleness gives us undivided devotion to the Lord. Like it is the, it's the time in your life where there are no distractions. You're not looking to please anybody but Jesus. And you have this opportunity to really grow in your faith and in who you are in Christ. And so for me, there's things I talk about in my book, three of the biggest things that singleness taught me when I was in that season. And and the first one was holiness and just getting to a place where I could be truly complete in Christ and just looking to, to find all of my fulfillment, my joy, my peace, my security, all of those things in Christ alone. It gives you that time and that opportunity to just get your heart right with God um, and be who He's called you to be. And so that would be like the first thing that I think that I learned in the season of singleness and just what a gift that was. And the second is it gives you an opportunity to heal. Singleness gives you an opportunity to really confront, you know, things of your past or lies you've believed or areas that you need to heal in your heart. Um, It just gives you that space. And if we don't take that time to get free from the things of our past, we're already going to be building a wall between us and potentially, if that's what God has for us, a future spouse. And so taking the time and singleness to, to really heal and confront those things. Like I remember one of the biggest prayers I prayed was just like, Lord, let me confront every feeling, even if I don't want to, like, I don't want to run from anything. So let me head on face every, every lie I'm believing, every feeling, uh, every, every, 
you know, just attack every everything. Like, let me just like hit it head on and just deal with it because I don't want to carry it into, um, if you have called me to be married one day, I don't want to carry that into marriage. Like I want to deal with it right now. And so healing. And then the third thing I would say is just healthy habits. Um, I believe that our person is what we habitually do. And so singleness gives us the opportunity to start developing those healthy habits in our life. Um, those patterns, those practices that not only you're able to develop in singleness, but you're also able to carry that through your entire life. Like I look back to my season of singleness and there were so many things that I learned and so many things that I developed that I still to this day um, continue in marriage and get to practice in marriage. But yeah, I would just go back to like what keeps a lot of people stuck is just that wrong perspective of seeing singleness as almost like being on the sidelines while marriage is like you're in the game, you know? And I, at least that's how I felt. I grew up playing sports and I saw, okay, Lord, it feels like when I'm, when I'm, you know, single and all my friends are married, like they get to be in this game called marriage and I'm just on the sidelines, like waiting for my turn. Uh, but man, I don't see singleness as a, a waiting season that is inactive in any way. I see um, singleness as a season that is full of purpose, full of opportunity, um, full of growth. And you're not on the sidelines in, in any way. And even if it feels like a waiting season for you, um, whatever it is you're waiting on, maybe it's you know finding your spouse, maybe it's a job, maybe it's whatever it may be for you, but it's not inactive. And I think that's something the Lord really spoke to me in that season was like, what you're, what I'm doing in you is way more important than anything I can do for you, anything I can give you and what you're waiting on and what you're waiting for. And so just not neglecting where we're currently at because it isn't where we want to be. And so waiting well is being able to be faithful with where you are while also still clinging to, you know, the hope and promises um, that God gives us for our future. And there was a verse in Psalm 84 that I really clung to a lot in, in waiting seasons. And it talks about how um, for those whose walk with the Lord is blameless, like no good thing does He withhold from us um, who are faithfully walking with Him. And so He is not a God of, let me restrict, let me withhold, let me tease you, let me hurt you. He is a good, good father. And so you have what you need when you need it. And uh, he just, he his timing is best and his ways are best. And so for me, it just, I had to be like, okay, God, instead of saying like, God, why? And like, why isn't this happening? I just tried to flip that perspective in my mind to just say like, what can I learn here? What are you trying to do in me here? What are you trying to teach me? Oh, yeah, I love that so much. Those are... um I love hearing you say these things because like, it feels like you're reading my journal out loud. <laughs> like, it, it really does. And you know, m my husband and I have been married for, we just hit nine years, which is wow. wild. Um, That's amazing. And, isn't that crazy? So yeah, we just hit nine years and I heard someone asked him the other day, I like heard him talking on the phone and someone asked him like, you know, what his advice is for preparing for marriage. And he said the exact thing that we both did and the exact thing that you just said of like, use this time. Mm -hmm. Use this time to become the person that you want to be, period. And the healthier you are, the healthier you both are, the healthier yeah. your marriage will be. Totally. And just the things that I learned and did and the ways that God grew me while I was single, like I'm still seeing the fruit of them nine years into marriage. Absolutely. Like it's just, it's better still um, yeah. from that. And so I'm just, I'm so glad that, I just am so glad to hear you say that. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm just no. really glad that you're at this book. That's so good. And it's so true. And it's like, 
I think too, for um, like for me, I had to get to a place where I was like, if God never gives me a spouse, like if I never get married, he is enough. And like truly believing that because I think one thing that we can do is put so much of our hope in potentially getting married one day. And I think if our hope is in that, we're going to be so disappointed. And not because our spouse isn't amazing and great and a gift and a blessing and all the things, but like marriage is hard and people are imperfect and they're going to fail you. And so like for me, man, I, I realized that in singleness, but I've even seen it like I've even seen it in in marriage. Like I'm like, okay, yeah, like I fail you and you fail me and you're not perfect and you can't complete me and you can't meet every desire and satisfaction of my heart. And that's one of the biggest things that I that I talk about in this book is like, hey, this is not the roadmap to go find your spouse because our hope is not in a spouse. Our hope is in a savior. Like we are not looking to, you know, how can I meet my person so that I can live the life God has for me? It's like, no, you've already met the one that can give you everything you need. You are already complete in him. And then from that place, like run your race and just like give the rest to the Lord. And if it's according to his will, like you will find that person and you will be with that person in the time that you're supposed to be. But that was the hardest thing for me to accept. But I think when we can get to that place where we can fully accept that and knowing that every season, God is preparing us for something. And so for me, yeah, I look back, like you said, in that season of singleness, and I'm like, man, the Lord was preparing me uh, to be the wife that I am today. Um, but I can say that about so many different things. You know, there's so many seasons where I'm like, wow, that season was so hard, but like, praise God for that closed door. Praise God for that rejection. Praise God for those moments because it so prepared me for who I am today and where I am today and what I'm doing today. Um, and yeah. so even if it's not even regarding like marriage, just in all things, man, just, yeah, every season God can teach us something and there's something to be learned. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I feel like I'm like, 